Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Puck and Write Chicago podcast with Shaylin Brady and Megan Simmons. I feel like we never say our names when we intro on here, so I feel like we got to start doing that. Because... People should just know who we are. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, like when I, especially when I listen to a podcast for the first couple times, in my head, I have to be like, okay, that's that person's voice. Like when I was listening to Spit and Chicklets, I you get it really quick, but I was like, okay, that's Biz, and that one's Wit, and that one's Grinnell, and like you. And that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Like you need to like. I feel like the first couple times you listen to a podcast, it's hard to distinguish the voices, but then once you're into it, you know. Who's I feel who? like we have like semi-distinct voices as as far as like we sound different from each other. Yes, yes. And but I, yeah, no, it, it definitely helps to be like, you know, to clarify, to clarify. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. if any of you, if any of you listened to the podcast from last week and also saw our tweets on the social media, you know that we were guests on our first ever podcast, which was really exciting. Uh, we were on the Hockey Four One One podcast with Brian Anderson. He's super awesome. I'll make sure to link his um, iTunes account in the uh, description down here for this episode. But he was super awesome, reached out to me and, and Megan and asked if we wanted to be on the podcast. So that was really exciting. I remember I got the email and I was like, oh my gosh, like I was so giddy. I know, it was so cool. And um, another piece of exciting news, if you haven't been following, you know, uh, you might not know that we are also with Second City Hockey and our podcast is also uh, put out on their platforms and the other one of the other podcasts that we have, the Second City Hockey podcast, which is three other uh, boys that write for Second City Hockey, uh, their podcast that just went out this past week about everything about free agency and the draft and every everything like that uh, and trades and everything hit over a thousand downloads, which is the most we've ever had ever on the site. So that was really exciting. So awesome. if you're here, uh, make sure you go over there and give them a listen. If you're coming from over there and you're listening here, hi, hello, welcome. We are so glad that you are here with us. But we got we got some news going on. We're recording kind of early, recording on Friday, and it's because I am insane and I booked the craziest weekend ever. I'm going to Windy City Smokeout, which is a country festival concert, which is actually in the parking lots of the United Center, so not too far from where I, where I'm at. But I'm seeing Old Dominion tomorrow and Cole Swindell on Sunday, so um, I, I and I'm going to the Cubs game on Sunday and on Monday. So I've got I've got a busy couple days, but I was like I literally have no time to record this week. I'm and like, I'm, like I'm... I'm the exact opposite where I have like nothing. I love Raleigh, but there's just not a whole lot of things to do. I'm still, I'm also still relatively new to the area relatively being like two years, but to be fair, the first year I was here, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to explore. So I feel like I'm finally figuring stuff out, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I don't have anything to do this weekend. So I'm very excited that we're doing this on this lovely Friday evening. Oh yeah. Uh, Get your weekends to yourself, you know, like I, it is, you know what? It is kind of nice to just like run my errands in the mornings on Saturday and then relax the rest of the day and then clean Sunday morning and then relax the rest of the day because I do have a normal job outside of this and it's, you know, normal Monday through Friday, it's not really nine to five, but you know what I mean? It's, you know, a fluctuates. regular, yeah, like a regular desk job. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, my weekends are kind of my time to just like relax and I'm very introverted. So I definitely need the weekends to kind of recharge and like, just, just have some alone, some Megan time just yes. for me and me and my dog and my patio and just reading a book or watching a movie on my phone or 
That's super right. important, though. It's super important. Like my Sundays, like it. Everyone's like, "Oh, Sunday is the worst day because you gotta, you gotta like get ready for the week and everything." But Sunday is my favorite day. Like usually, I'll try and go to church, or I'll go and do yoga, or I'll go do something like go and get a coffee, work do on stuff, like just think, do stuff I for yourself. It's so important, especially because the way my weeks are usually structured, I don't get home until usually six or seven in the evening. So by that point, I really just want to make dinner, walk my dog, and go to bed. So the weekends are like my, really my time to fully relax and take a couple, you know, couple hours and just do whatever I want. Yeah. Well, so, and yeah, I'm very excited that it's almost the weekend. Well, NHL GMs don't have that luxury over no, the off sure season, uh, unless you're or owners, but unless you're Don Waddell, is it? It was Don Waddell that was golfing, or was it Tom Dundon? Oh, it was Tom Dundon. It was Tom, Tom Dundon. unless you're an owner and you yeah, can go and golf wherever you, you want, can do whatever you want, and just. You know, speaking I mean, about, I guess he's the one spending, so it doesn't really matter. Speaking one of Carolina, they lost a player this past week, but they've also gained another player. Uh, let's jump into free agency a little bit here. We only got a couple ones that are notable to talk about, but the first one being Michael Furlan signs a four-year deal with the Vancouver Canucks at $3.5 million AAV. And from just looking at it straight up, fans were kind of like, oh, great, Michael Furlan, that's going to add some grit. And then after a couple minutes, they're like, Oh, but how are you going to pay Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser down yeah. the line, sir? How's yeah, that all going to work? I think the Canucks only have like five million in cap space, and I'm like, you're freaking stupid. So that'll be fun. That'll be super duper fun. I mean, I love Michael Furlan. It's funny because all these, like, it's like it feels like all of the Hurricanes were free agents. I feel like I've talked about them all summer, but. And I promise you, the Blackhawks are still my favorite. I just happen to know a lot about the Hurricanes because of my proximity to them. But um, Michael Furland is one of those players. I was kind of surprised he got a four-year deal because he was kind of dealing with injuries like the last half of the season. He really didn't play a whole lot. He really didn't play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he only played like a couple of games against the Capitals before he was out, and I don't think he played in the Islanders or the Bruins series. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think he did. Um, they could have probably really used him against the Bruins. Um, so, I don't know. I I don't hate the... I really don't hate the contract. I think it's fine. Um, I, from what I understand is that the Hurricanes weren't... The Hurricanes were looking in the same ballpark number-wise, but they didn't want the term. They wanted like a two-year deal, I think, and he wanted a little bit more long-term, which is fine. I mean, that's understandable. But, yeah, it puts the Canucks in a position of like, what are you going to do with your two best players? And Jim Benning was like over here talking about how he's like, oh, what did he say in his presser that I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, oh, he was talking all about how he was going to like, he thought that Michael Furlan would fit perfectly up on that top line with them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but... (laughs) You haven't paid either of them, so I don't know how you're going to, like... Keep them to play on your say, team. <laughs> yeah. I think he did say at one point, though, that they were going to figure out the Brock Besser one. They're trying to get it figured out before the season. I don't think it's going to happen unless he makes a big trade somewhere. Right. He'd have to unload quite a couple of contracts. I mean, I'm not as familiar with the with the um, Canucks contracts, but I think... I've got to pull up. I've got to pull up on I want to say friendly. that, like... I want to say, like, Chris Tanev has a big contract, and I know they just signed Alex Edler to a big one. 
And see. there's somebody else who I know they're they're probably not going to re-sign Ben Hutton, but Brock Besser they have five dollars five dollars they have five dollars. Um, Tanev they might as well. Tanev isn't on the roster. Is he not? Did they trade him? No. There's no way. Maybe he's on. Wait. Maybe he's on LTIR. I don't think he is. Uh, let's see here. They trade him without me knowing. That's highly possible, actually. I really have not been following them as closely. Because the other, the other Tanev got traded from, uh... Right, Brandon did, but I'm pretty sure Chris Tanev still plays with the Canucks. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm -mm. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. Sorry, he's on here. He's a defenseman, right? Yes, yes, I I totally went by him. Uh, he has one year remaining into his UFA modified no-trade clause at 4.45 million. Yeah, so they need to unload him. Because they do. They have like 5.06. They got 5.06 room under the cap right now. Literally, they just... The problem with Jim Benning is that he's kind of... He's he's almost a Peter Shirelli type, just without all the dumb trades. He likes chaos. He He likes chaos, and he just pays players way too much. And like... Look, I'm fine with paying people. I think there are certain guys who do deserve a pay raise and they do deserve the money that they're making. But at the same time, like it's, uh, you, you have to pay your young guys. You have to pay the guys that are actually like scoring you goals. I don't know how to, how else to word that. Right. Like, I don't know how else it's to like play di- that. Like, and, like, and like, I really look a little better for, for a Canucks team that let Elias Pettersson get beat the hell up last season. I'm glad they put some, they, I'm glad that they, sign somebody who's actually going to do something about that but I just feel like you got to do something else because I mean I I think I remember seeing an article where Brock Besser said that he really wants to stay in Vancouver but he's not going to sign for five million dollars nor should he sign for five million dollars if his agent is telling him to sign for five million dollars his agent is dumb (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm not willing to say that he's like, you know, Austin Matthews level or like anything crazy like that or Mitch Marner or like even Braden Point, really. But like, I feel like between six and seven is fair, especially because Sebastian Ajo is about to get paid almost nine. Right. Not saying again, like Sebastian Ajo is a good player. And I do think that he's maybe like a step ahead of Brock Besser. But Brock Besser's also dealt with injuries that mm-hmm. Sebastian Ajo, Braden Point, those guys have not really dealt with. So I feel like there's a bit of a difference there because its development's just been kind of weird. Um, but, it, like, he's, oh, I just get so mad about this. He's one, I mean, you guys know that he's one of my favorite players. And I'm like, he's not going to get paid. He's either not going to get paid or he's not going to get, he's not going to stay in Vancouver. And either way, I'm going to be upset. Unless he comes to the Blackhawks. Oh my but gosh. Stan Bowman doesn't have any space for that either. Nope. So I don't even know how he's going to sign Stroman to bring it, but we'll talk about that at a later date because I don't want to think about that. That's a that's a tomorrow problem. That's, um, a, that's a problem for tomorrow, Stan Bowman. But circling back to the Carolina Hurricanes, today they did announce that they signed Ryan Dezingle to a two-year deal at $3.36 million AAV um, to, stay, to go to Carolina from the Columbus Blue Jackets. I was really upset because I really wanted him to come play for the Blackhawks. He's a hometown kid. But, and he's really talented. Like, I feel like, especially when Columbus was going through that whole, hey, we're going to just blow it up and we're going to, we're going <laughs> to, we're just going to see what happens. Um, and they ended up keeping Dezingle, but um, he was part of that whole, like, 
hey, maybe we'll so move someone for someone. But he goes to Carolina, which I don't think anyone really saw coming. No. And what's funny about this whole thing is that I was scrolling through either Instagram or Twitter and I follow the Blue Jackets on both because their social media is the best. If you're not following the Blue Jackets on everything, you need to, um, you know, just adding that little subtle promo in there. Um, so when I saw that, I was so I was at work when I saw it and I was just like scrolling through Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And I saw the picture of him signed and he was in a Blue Jackets jersey, obviously, because he hasn't worn a Hurricanes jersey. So my brain was like, oh, cool. The Blue Jackets re-signed Ryan Dezingo. Cool. And then I went back to work, you know, working or whatever. And then later in the day, I ended up scrolling through this time. I'm pretty sure it was Instagram and I saw it on on um I saw it on the Hurricanes page, and I was like, oh, I didn't read. <laughs> I did and not I like, read that. <laughs> I just saw it, and I, it just said Ryan Dezingle signed. And I was like, okay, cool. And I just wasn't paying attention. But, yeah, no, I was kind of blindsided by that one. I think the term on this one and the um, in the the salary hit is also not bad. Um, it's kind of comparable to Michael Furland, just, like, on a lesser term He's making the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's bad. I mean, it, I like him personally. I'm with you. I kind of wish he was, well, he had, he had 56 goals. He had, I mean, 56 points in 78 games this year with 26 goals and 30 assists. So he knows how to play. He's, he has 138 points in his career. So he, he, I mean, he played in Ottawa. He played in, uh, that's where he went. He went Ottawa to Columbus, Ottawa to Columbus, but um, that was what happened at the trade deadline. I was like, he didn't get traded. No, he played in Ottawa for his entire career, which I totally like. I feel like Ottawa just doesn't exist in my mind. Like the the team, it's it one just of honest exist. to God, it's one of those things where like if you ask me to name all of the NHL teams, Ottawa is going to be one of the ones I forget. Well, and I, I and forget that Matthew like, Shane was there. Like Matthew Shane was an Ottawa senator for a period of you time. Know, and the worst part about it is that I saw him when he was one, and yes. I still can't remember that. Isn't like, that nuts? It's weird. I look, and even this season, I think I've mentioned it like briefly in the past on this podcast, but like this season's going to be so weird because everybody's in places that I'm not expecting them to be and I'm going to be really really confused for the first couple of weeks, I think. Yes, that's I mean that's I how it always goes like the season, first couple of weeks. And then once you get comfortable, know. then the deadline hits and you're like, "Wow, more people being moved to teams." I, but I feel like <laughs> last year, I feel like I didn't have as bad of a problem. And I think it's because the UFA um market was a lot bigger this year. Yes. Than it has been and I think that's part of it. And I think there were a lot more trades early in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like last year and the year before the trades were kind of towards the end of summer, like right before, and it, we still might see trades before training camp and before the season starts as people are trying to, you know, get under the cap. But I don't know. It's just, I was just kind of shocked because like at looking at the NHL now, I'm like, I don't know where anybody is playing. Like I just, I'm just going to wait until opening night rosters come out and be like, you know what? Cool. Great. Glad you guys are in, you know, secure in your spots until the trade deadline. Right, right. Then it's like a crapshoot. And then the last one I wanted to talk about here, Robbie Fabry, 
who battled has been battling knee injuries for almost all of his career. Um, a long time. I'm pretty sure he's a long time blue. I'm going to look that up so I don't eat yeah, my words here. I'm pretty sure he played with the blues. But he's 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 a young guy. I mean, he's 23 years old. But he yeah. So uh, so he's three to three years. But which we call that long time. But. He signs a one-year deal to stay with the St. Louis Blues at 900 grand, which I I saw that and I was like, oh, interesting. I'm looking up his. I'm on Cat Friendly right now, and I'm gonna look up his uh, former cap hit or his contract before this. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a raise. He made 925 and 1415, and then he went down to 894,000, uh, and then. Yeah, and then 18, 2018, 19, he had 925, so it only takes 25,000 off of that. And is, I do feel bad for guys who, like, are just constantly plagued by injury because, mm-hmm. like, that's that's not anything you can control aside from the fact that your body just hates you. And, like, that kind of sucks because, like... He was supposed to be super good, know. too. He was it, a very highly I know. Well, ranked that's, prospect. That's the thing. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it does. It does suck, but... As much as I don't like the Blues, at least maybe he can find his stride again. Cause that, I don't know. Just for your for your whole career to just be injuries like that, freaking bites. Like it it's sucks, one thing. Yeah. It's one thing when you're older, and like your body is just Joe like, Thornton. No, need to stop. Yeah, like that makes a little bit more sense because it's like you've been playing this game since you know the dinosaurs walked the earth. But like <laughs> the nineties. <90s>. Yeah. <laughs> okay, when I was born. Yeah. Um. You know, dinosaurs. Um, but I just, oh man, it, it sucks. I, you hate to see a guy just plagued with injuries like that. And I don't know, there are a handful of guys across the NHL that are like that. And I'm, I'm not fully injury prone. I don't think I would say, but <laughs> that's me. I, I'm that half of the I podcast. Do, <laughs> if I, if I do, if I do any kind of activity, I will say that I am injury prone because I've played a handful of sports and I've sprained many a knee. I have sprained wrists multiple times. I, I've pulled all kinds of muscles. I'm right. just not good at sports. Um, so my that was my body being like, you should probably not do this. So not. Not. I do feel I do feel for guys who are stuck in just like an endless circle of injuries because it's not your fault and it's. I don't know. Or like guys who have like one big injury and they come back and it's just, they just never get out of it. You yes. Know? Yes. Well, this kind of sounds like a chance for him to prove himself here. Just a one year yeah. deal. So hopefully, yeah, so. hopefully that works out for him. I know as much as I don't like the blues, I, you know, I feel for the guy. So hopefully, you know, I don't want it to work out like too well, like, you know, but well enough that he's, you know, able oh, to yeah. play hockey. Well, let's transition here to talk about the Blackhawks because there were a couple things that have happened this past week. But before we get into those, just two little do little things to note the convention. Megan is here in nine days. The convention starts in seven days. A week, two weeks. No, yes, a week from today. No, no. two weeks from today. I'm a liar. The, when this comes out, when this comes out, there are nine days. It comes out on so this comes out on Monday. There'll be nine days. Then from Wednesday, it'll be seven days until she gets here, and then. Whatever, I think. I'm, no. Yes. 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 I, I'm looking yes. at my calendar and I'm yes. like, yeah, I can't math. I'm so excited. And this sounds so stupid, but I love flying. Like, I absolutely love being in a plane. I don't know why. And I feel like it's really weird. But I think, I don't know. I think I, I think it honestly is because I relate it with, I mean, the only time I've flown anywhere is to Chicago, New York City, and Disney World. So, 
I mean, I fly to Washington, D.C. as well, but I like all four of those places. So I think I just associate it with going, going somewhere that like, I enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And um, especially Chicago. I mean, if I had to pick favorite city in the U.S., it's easily Chicago. Um, well, sorry, what? New York. I like you, but your pizza sucks. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited. I have to figure out what book I'm bringing because I'm trying to finish my current book so that I can read a new one on the plane. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to try and bring one of my hockey books. So we'll see. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll toss a poll up on the good old Instagram or Twitter and see what book I should bring on my plane hockey related book. Cause I actually have a couple of like Blackhawks related books as well. Um, and for those of you asking, yes, I did read Mark Lazarus's book already. So I actually read that last year on the way there. So not that one. And I read, I read John Scott's book after he signed it. Cause he's the best. Um, and he stood and talked to us for a while too. That was nice. Yeah. Um, he's so nice. Um, have so you John read, listening, you're the best. Have you read uh, uh, Babcock's book? Have not. It's very good. I thought about that one. I thought about getting Steve Dangle's book, but I don't very think it good. would get here in time. So I'm kind of thinking I'm going to need to pull one. Get it on Amazon. Stuff. Do you have Prime? That's true. My dad does. I could get a Prime. You can get it within a day. Mm-hmm. I could do that. That's how I did it. Or I have, I I don't even know how I fell into this book, but I have a book by Jeremy Roenick about hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's about his career, but it's like an autobiography. Yeah. Um, and then I have a book by Jordan Tutu as well. Blackhawks legend. Oh, yes. Um, and he's one of those players that, like, a lot of people probably don't care about, but I care about because he was on the team that I first started, like, that 2015-2016 team that I first, you know, really started liking hockey. 2014-15, um, when they won the Cup? Or the one after? The one after, 2015-16, okay. yeah. Um, so... It's like there are just some players from that team that like I don't even know what they do right now. Like I don't, like Andrew Desjardins, what happened to him? We don't know. Um, oh yeah, David. Someone I saw a tweet that was like, <laughs> like it, it was one of those like don't open this until you do tweets, and it was like tweet just an obscure athlete that you've that you like remember watching and I tweeted David Rudblad and I was like where is that guy oh my god <laughs> I like for some reason he was I the first one that him. popped in my head I was like where is he now. When even like Kuzke like, Fukudome Marco, would be think, one for baseball too. I was like, where's Fukudome? Like, <laughs> What's he doing? Like I think Marco Dano is playing with the Jets still. I think. Yeah, they but got him back. Another one, Philip Deneau. He's with, with the, the Canadians. Canadians. Yeah. Um. Oh, there was somebody else. Dale Weiss. I have no idea where he is. Oh, he was with Philly last. I don't know. That, if he's yeah, still with but them. I don't think he resigned with them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where he is. And then. Fleischman, I don't remember. His oh first my god, name. yeah. I know. I know, dude. I'm like, oh. I could tell you that whole roster. And I'm like, who are these wow. people? So, yeah, Blackhawks legends, y'all. So we'll see. I, I've got a, quite a few books. I also have Boys of Winter, which is about the um I believe it's about the nineteen eighty men's USA team. So that's also a possibility. Kinda wanna read a Blackhawks book though, because you know. Well, there's one, this mom uh, that I babysit for, I've been babysitting for them for almost a year now. Uh, She is a big book reader. And last time I was over, she's like, oh, I just finished this book. You love hockey. I think you like it. It's called Bear Town. And she actually lent it to me and I'm reading it now. But um, girl, that's the book that I just finished. Yeah. Yeah. She just lent it to me. It's so good. She said it takes a turn at the end, but it's that book changed me. 
It is so good. I'm excited. I just started it. For those of you who are curious, now that this has become a book podcast really quick, (laughs) um, it's about a small town in Sweden. I think it's Sweden. Yeah, it's Sweden. Um, That is basically like the only thing they have is this junior hockey team, and they've made it to the semifinals of their league, and it's this big deal, and everything in that book happens because of the semifinal and it's just oh it's so good and it's it's a little dark um yes that's what she said she's like it takes a turn it's it's dark but in a way that's very human and very like it doesn't seem like the kind of dark that you see in like movies where it's like just stupid and would never happen type of thing Mm -hmm. um Oh, man, it's so good, though. Definitely a five out of five from me, um, which I don't typically give books five out of five stars. Ooh, so that's when you know it's good. I'm pumped. Uh, but it was so good. The characters are fantastic. The world building is fantastic. This place doesn't even exist. And I could see it like when I was reading. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I'm as a writer. I personally loved um, Freder- Frederick blackman's writing so definitely recommend if you're into hockey but you're also into books bear town is absolutely fantastic but you need to prepare yourself for like there's some trigger warning things in the book yeah but it's good and it it i feel like it addresses everything well like it doesn't leave things untied or like as a question so definitely recommend it if you are looking for a new book to read but also want to read hockey um I could give a lot of hockey book recommendations, but I won't because this isn't a hockey book podcast. It's just a hockey podcast. But I'm glad you mentioned it because I almost mentioned it in my power play last week Mm -hmm. when I finished it. And I was like, no, no, we're not. But yeah, I'm super excited about that. So um, and yeah, do that poll and we'll choose we'll choose for you what you want to read. Um, But also development camp starts on Monday, the day that you're hearing this July 15th. Um, a lot of the players, there's some players that are just going to be there for off ice workouts and they won't be on the ice, but for evaluation, but Kirby doc is going to be there. A lot of our young prospects, Boquist is going to be there. Mitchell, Bodan, a couple of their big names. Missing. Someone will be missing. Yes. But we'll get to that in a minute. I don't know if he's considered a prospect. I guess he kind of is. Yeah. He only played a handful of games, but anyway, before we get there, uh, speaking of Kirby doc, he does agree to a three-year entry-level deal with the Blackhawks worth 925 grand. Runs through the 2021-22 season. Uh, like like you guys have heard us say on here before, he was drafted third overall in this year's draft. This past season with the Saskatoon Blades and the WHL, he had 60 in 62 games. He had 25 goals and 48 assists, and he finished third on the team in goals and points and second in assists. So as a big guy as a center, he was really important for them. Uh, during their season. So that's really exciting. He will be one of the players that's on the ice for development camp. And if you are in the Chicagoland area, if you are in Chicago, it's uh, you can go and attend it. It's free and you can just go and see uh, some of the guys that are going to be up and coming in the, in the system. It's at fifth third arena, which is the Blackhawks practice arena, right, right near the United center. So did you see the, um, did you see the commercial he did for like a hairdryer or something? Yeah. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. But it, it keeps coming up on Twitter and on either Instagram or Tumblr. I can't remember. And I, 
I need context. It is the weirdest <laughs> video. Yeah. He's like angrily he's like angrily forcing you to buy a hair dryer. You're just like, buy this hair dryer. And you're like, okay. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, <sighs> I guess I'll go buy a hair dryer. Jeez, all right, pal. Oh, it's so funny though. I'll try and um I don't actually know if they're like now that I think about it, I think I've only seen gifts of it. I don't know that I've actually seen the like the actual commercial. The actual video. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll see if I can find it and post it because it's really funny and I think for somebody who I think a lot of people were like, this guy has no personality. This is personality. I promise. Oh, it's funny, but it's really funny. The, the biggest piece of news that kind of came out, uh, that kind of came out this past week was the Chicago Blackhawks acquiring Alex Nylander from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for defenseman Henry Yokiharyu. So before we get in, before we get into it, I'm just going to give some numbers here. So Nylander in his career has only played 19 NHL games. He has three goals and three assists for six points. And Yokiharyu has 38 games of experience between the NHL and then he spent a lot of time down in the AHL. He has zero goals and 12 assists for 12 points. So Nylander is still on his entry-level contract. He will be one of the players at development camp this week. His cap hit is $863,000 or $863,000. $1,333, and he is an RFA until 2021-22, or he will be an RFA in that year. So he will be one of the guys on the ice, but um, this was kind of a move out of left field. I was nannying, and I just my phone blew, blew up, and the girls were very confused as to why I was freaking out. But the reason why I freaked out, I have Elliot Friedman on tweet notification, and he tweeted, he tweeted, the first part of his tweet was like, shy slash buff but I didn't see that all I saw was Nylander for Yogi Haru and I was like we just got William Nylander I was like freaking and then I went out and I saw them in the Blackhawks too that it was Alex Nylander and I was like dang it dang it like I was like okay number one how how did Stan Bowman pull it off it was a one-for-one one, William Nylander Henry Yogi Haru and then I was like okay that makes more sense but I was very very confused and I I, I don't think I I think I sent you my message about it at like seven or eight o'clock at night. Like I, and it, it went off, it went down around like two or three in the afternoon. Like I don't, I still don't know how I feel about it, but. Yeah, you were really level headed about it. I was ready to throw Stan Bowman in the trash. So <laughs> I literally, oh my God, when I first saw it, I'm still kind of upset about it. The thing, okay, so here's the thing. I, on the Hockey 411 podcast that we were on last week, Brian asked us if we trusted Stan Bowman and you said yes. And I said, I don't know. And I'm changing that to no. <laughs> I, oh my gosh. And I talked about it on that podcast, but he's just such a wild card and he just does whatever he wants. And I get that he's the GM and he can do that. But like, I, I think I texted you. I texted this to my mom and I think I posted it on Twitter because I was so upset about it. And I thought this was funny. I honest to God at this point, as obviously the person who can change this, I elect that Paul the Octopus, who picked all of the FIFA games back in 2014 when the men's FIFA thing was happening that I vaguely remember watching. Um, he picked all of the games before the game started and he was right every single time. I want him to make decisions for the Blackhawks. Megan clearly has feelings about I this. Think I think Paul the Octopus should be the one in charge of making decisions because clearly he's right all the time. And also because I don't trust Stan Bowman to do it. I, I'm not fully ready to be like, you're done. Goodbye. But like, I'm kind of close because this was like almost the last straw. I, and I, 
I, here's the problem. I get really attached to players, and for whatever reason, Henry Yoki Haru, I was very attached to. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he was playing with Duncan Keith, and Duncan Keith is like my second favorite player. I don't, well, so here's the thing Duncan Keith and Jonathan Taves are like tied for second favorite on the Blackhawks. So, but de- he's, he's my favorite defenseman. And for him to play with Yoki Haru, and like they, I thought they did fine. Um, but like, clearly I looking, thinking about it, mm-hmm. you know, not just like acting out rashly, like I did on whatever day that came out. Um, was that Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. Um, yeah, I, obviously it was a red flag to me that Yoki Haru was playing in the AHL because that makes zero sense. I think he's for the defense that the Blackhawks had last year, he should have been playing in the NHL. I'm sorry. And I know there are a lot of people who disagree with me, but I, mm, that defense was a mess. And I feel like he could have helped a little bit and a little bit I would have taken. So that's issue number one. Issue number two, I don't know what it was, but Jeremy Colladin, I don't think liked him because he never played when he was up. He played for like three or four minutes a night, which I don't understand. And then like he was almost always sent down. I just, I don't know. I just feel like they messed this up and it's fine. I mean, things happen, but I'm not overly happy about this one. And I'm trying to be like semi optimistic about it because I don't want to just be like a negative Nelly all the time. That's like 25% of my personality. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It just off the bat though. I hated it and I still don't like it, but whatever I, it's, I mean, it's done. It's nothing I can do about it. I don't run right. the blackouts. Right. Um, but yeah, I, hmm, hmm. my I my my standpoint on it was, and this is what I said to Megan as well. We, yes, Yoki Haru was probably our top defensive prospect that could make the jump to the NHL and play in the NHL full time within the next year or two. I think Boquist and Mitchell and Bodan are still a couple years away development wise. So if we were looking for a young guy to come up and play right away, it would be Yoki Haru unless we acquired somebody else by a trade. But Yoki Haru does, he does have, he has almost 20 more games of experience in the NHL than, than Nylander does. And Nylander has kind of had a tough go of it in Buffalo. He's been mainly an AHL player for them and he hasn't really broken out into the NHL yet. But my, my thought process on it was I'm not gonna, like if it was, if it was someone that had a more considerable sample size of NHL experience and you kind of know how he is as a player at this level, I would have been a little more judgy of it. But I think that since we, we don't even have 20 games of him and we don't have any games of him as a Chicago Blackhawk, I don't think I can... I, 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 I don't want to jump to any conclusions first because no. I we don't know how he plays within our system. We don't know how he plays under Colleton. And she, my friend uh, Jamie actually mentioned this to me. We were talking about it as well. She's a big Blackhawks fan. She mentioned the fact that Okay, while well, the motivational and the motivational kind of factor, he's he's been noted to not be super self motivated when it comes to getting better. But I I don't know how much I believe that. I mean, I believe it to a, a degree. But she also mentioned she said um, Chicago is kind of a place where fans are where players really want to come and they're a little bit more motivated. It's a bigger market. Um, not saying Buffalo isn't a huge market because the fans in Buffalo are are insane and incredible, but. Chicago's a little bit different in the history here as opposed to the history there. But I also mentioned the 
the change of scenery trade that happened with Dylan Strome kind of early in, earlier in the year last season and how he almost tripled his numbers in less than half the time than he was in Arizona. He was in Arizona for three years and, and never really, never really made it a full-time player as a full-time player at the NHL level. And whether that was the Coyotes didn't like his development or a, a similar thing where he didn't really fall under the coaching system and didn't really, really go with what Rick Tockett was doing, then that's, that's whatever. But he came here and he totally just showed why he was, uh, why he was the third overall pick in the 2015 draft. And that really worked out for him. So maybe that could work out for Nylander as well. You can get a boost of confidence and that kind of thing. And they have the Chicago connection. His dad, Michael played here when he was an NHL player. So who knows if that's also a motivating factor, but I, I don't know why, and I also think I wasn't very attached to Henry Yoki Haru. I watched him. I get don't drafted, know why I was but... so. I literally don't know why I was so attached. I really don't, because if you'd asked me a year ago, I probably wouldn't be attached. But like now, for some reason, I saw it and I was just upset, like immediately upset. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know why, but I do this. Like I. Like, clearly, I, you just heard how attached I was to the stupid 2015-2016 team um, full of random players that half of them aren't even in the NHL anymore. Or if they are, they're buried somewhere. So, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be level-headed about it. I really am because I blew up on Tuesday. And I feel bad because I knew you got the brunt of it. But, like... I, oh my God, I just saw it and I was just not a happy camper right off the bat. And I'm, I'm willing to give, I'm, you know, going to give Nylander a chance. I mean, I didn't really like the Olimata trade. Olimata? Olimata. Oli. Um, I didn't like that trade right off the bat. And I, the worst part is too, is that I knew with that trade, I knew this was going to happen I, because it just, the log jam of defensemen we have is just, Yoki Haru was just never going to make it up. And I think he might at least see some ice time in Buffalo. So whatever, I guess. Buffalo and he'll fit in really nice. Come. Like if they put him, I don't know off the top of my head which way or which side of the ice Rasmus Dahlin shoots from. But if they too. could play together, that would be that would be pretty pretty awesome. At least at least on the top, at least in the top four. So that would yeah. be that would be pretty cool. But yeah. So mm. yeah, I I guess we'll revisit this when we get closer to the season, especially after training camp happens and we can see how he looks. I, think at that'll, I was going to say, well. I think that'll help figure that'll help me because for me, I can sit here and look at numbers all day long and they don't mean anything to me because I don't, I'm just not a numbers person. I have to like see it in action for me to fully. You're an eye test person. Yeah. I, I can't, somebody can sit here and tell me stats all day long and I'll rattle off stats all day long, but it doesn't, Stats don't always equal good player to me and stats don't always equal bad player to me. I have to like actually see them play because I think there are a lot of quality players who do fly under the radar, who don't score a lot of points, but there are also guys who I feel like get lucky and have more points than they probably normally would, or they have like a fluky season and everybody's really high on them all of a sudden. And then they fall back down to earth the next season and people are like, what happened? Right. Not saying I'm like a, like a guru or anything, but they're just players that I'm more, I think, inclined to look at. So I think, I just think after seeing them in training camp and in the preseason, that should help me kind of figure out whether or not I'm going to trust Stan Bowman in the future. Well, 
one last thing to talk about under the Blackhawks news and notes here is that the convention attendees list was announced. So I have it pulled up here on my phone. I'm just going to run down uh, the sections of players that are going to be there. So for current players and prospects that are confirmed going to be attending, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinkit, Brent Seabrook, Andrew Shaw, Robin Leonard, Calvin DeHaan, Oli Mata, Artem Anisimov, Dylan Strome, Brandon Saad, Connor Murphy, Brendan Perlini, Carl Dahlstrom, David Kampf, Drake Kajula, Slater Cuckoo, Chris Versteeg, Kirby Doc, Colin Delia, Adam Boquist, Alexi Sorella, Alexander, Alexander, yeah, Alexander Fortain, Braden Hagel, Chad Chris, Chris, Dennis Gilbert, I never know how to say his last name, John Quinville, Mackenzie Entwistle, Mikhail Hakarainen, Nicholas Bodan, Philip Kurashev, Reese Johnson, and Tim Soderlin. And then for alumni, we've got Murray Bannerman, Ed Belfour, Brian Bickle, Dave Bolin, Brandon Bolig, who I'm very excited about, Ted Bully, Adam Burrish, Brian Campbell, Chris Chelios, Eric Daze, Tony Esposito, Doug Gilmore, Stu, G- Stu Grimson, Bobby Hull, Dennis Hull, Cliff Corral, Steve Larmer, Jamal Mayers, Troy Murray, Bernie Nichols, Eddie Olchek, Jeremy Roenick, Phil Russell, Dennis Savard, John Scott, Patrick Sharp, Pat Stapleton. And then for the coaches, we got Jeremy Colleton, Sheldon Brookbank, Thomas Mattel, Mark Crawford, Jimmy Waite. And then for radio and TV broadcasters, we got Chris Bowden, Steve Conroy, and John Weideman. So if you I are going to the convention, those are the people you're going to see. My, oddly enough, my first thought when I saw those was, how am I going to meet everybody? <laughs> like, there's so <laughs> many guys that I'm, like, so excited about. And, like, even some of the, like, I don't want to say smaller guys, but guys that just aren't, like, you know, the Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane. Um like, oh, my God, like Brendan Perlini. I love Brendan Perlini so much. Well, he's not and even I'm, signed to a new contract yet, so I, I, I think Stan Bowman's fairly confident that he's going to sign him because he's going yeah. to the convention. And then um, Brandon Saad wasn't there last year. I'm very excited about Seabrook that. Seabrook wasn't either. I'm so happy that Andrew Shaw is going to be there. I oh. kind of figured he would be because his videos were so funny when he used to go. Um, so I kind of figured oh, he would Oh, mic him up again. I know, please like him Swift up. action? Black Hawks, Swift I know action. you're not listening, but please like him up. Might like him up? Mm. Mike him up. Little Tay Swift um, action? Oh my god, I can't. I can't. He's so Travis, funny. Travis, Van Riemsdyk. I still call <laughs> Travis that because that's all I think of when I see him. Yes, that's really exciting. And Brent Seabrook wasn't there last season no, or yeah. last year or the year before when I went for the first time. He wasn't there. And so that's really exciting. Duncan Keith, uh, Corey Crawford, and Eric Gustafson are some of the notable names that won't be attending. But I met Keith last year, so we got him to sign his his I didn't, draft day but, picture. But Crawford was. But there I'm too. probably going to go next year anyways. So does it really matter? Right, right. So that'll be that'll be really exciting. And as we get closer to it, we'll be doing more on that and stuff. And I actually am going to be putting together a convention guide and do's and don'ts and everything that's going to go out on second city hockey closer to the convention. So if you're in the market to go to the convention and it's your first time, and you don't really know what to do lay of the land. I got you. So, and look, she's look for that too. At, coming from experience. She knows her stuff. I was completely lost last year. I was very overwhelmed. Didn't know what I was doing there, but I was with Shay the whole time. And I felt like I knew what I was doing because she was, leading me and telling me, you know, this is how you do this. This is how you do this. Let's go do this. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Let's go. In the words, I mean, I got, in the words of Nicholas Yalmerson, number three, baby. Number three. It's my third year. I mean, 
I feel like I got to do everything I wanted to do last year that I was able to do. I mean, I wanted to meet Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith, <laughs> but I couldn't do that. So um, there's some things I can't control. <laughs> no, but I got some fun experiences. Um, who laughed? Connor Murphy laughed at me because I was yelling at Jonathan Taves excitedly. Oh yes, um, when they were coming back down the uh, the red carpet. I was like reaching for that's, Jonathan and like screaming and that's I the best to, picture I I've ever got eye contact with Connor Murphy and he was laughing at me because I was excited. Right. Um, and he waved and he was nice. And then actually Connor Murphy again, I was with um, Shay's sister, Carly, shout out to Carly. Um, Who just had a birthday on Tuesday. Yes, She's 18 now. Um, and uh, she and I were hanging out and near like the, I think it was actually when we were waiting in line for John Scott and we were waiting for you. Um, Connor yeah. Murphy was finishing up his photos and she was taking a video of him. I still have this video on my phone. She's taking a video of him. She's like, man, he's so cute. And then she's like, Connor, I love you. And he like turned and waved at us. And I can't, <laughs> I can't. he probably thought we were insane. Um, <laughs> super nice though. He's, all, he's going to be there this year, right? Yes. 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 So that's, um, that's exciting. And, you know, I, I got, got to see Patrick Sharp up close. He signed my hat and we got to meet, um, Cam Ward and Chris Kunitz, who are both super duper nice. Met Adam Burrish for the second time. He's also super duper nice. Right. He liked that we, he's very appreciative that we liked his singing, um, <laughs> which was really funny. Yeah. And those were funny. Oh my gosh. I forgot about the, like, um, they weren't like. I don't know what to call those. They're like panels, kind of, but they weren't really panels. They're like, like a, autograph sessions. No, no, no. I mean, like the um, where he was singing. Like oh, those are panels. Show. That was that's every year. So like the panel, yeah. the Second City Theater Group out of Chicago, which actually my friend, my really really good family friend Sarah, is part of Second City, which is so cool. We go, I go to their their theater all the time. It is so. There's like quotes from Tina Fey. That's where she started, like all yeah. over the place, but. They come in every single year and they do a different a different so skit funny. with players. Oh my god! Every I, year. Was, I mean, we were rolling last year, so that was fun. And um, the first year, the first year, I, I we were sitting third row, and I got, um, I was picked to go on stage for one of the segments of it, and it was me going up against this other girl playing playing a game or something, but. Uh, I won a signed Vinny Hinnestrosa puck, and I got oh, yeah, to meet—I got yeah. to meet him and Tommy Wingles, which Tommy Wingles. Um, I got to meet him, and I ended up sitting next to Hinnestrosa's parents during the whole panel and during like the three That's panels right. beforehand. So I came back, and the mom was super nice. She was like, "Oh, like let me see the puck. Is this from Vinny?" Blah blah blah. And I had no idea, and I was like, "Yeah, he's one of my favorite players. Like I love watching him play. He's super nice." I was like, "I literally said to her." He has a really nice handshake. And she goes, that's so good to hear. Like, I'm his mother. And I was like, oh, oh. my gosh. And then the dad leaned forward and was like, and I'm the dad. And I was like, oh. Hi. So I've been hyping up your son the last two panels. So sorry. Uh, yeah, but, no, yeah, but it's, it's fun. It's a good fun. time. And, like, even, even, if, um, even if you're not able to, like, wait in line or do a meet and greet that way or or like an autograph session or a photo section session. Most of the players after their panels do like wait around and sign stuff. Like I, I could have gotten something signed by Patrick Kane last year, but I forgot a Sharpie. I just went to target and bought four Sharpies. I'm not going to do that again. 
Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. I'm even excited for Calvin DeHaan, obviously, and Robin right. Leonard. Really cool that he's there. So and Colin Delia, I love Colin Delia. So I'm like obviously excited for the big names, but I'm also excited for some of the uh, smaller but still important guys. Oh yeah. So we got a couple things under NHL to talk about. Under Chell. Under Chell. Uh, the first one. The first one is Matt Cullen. Is calling it quits after 21 NHL seasons. He was one of the five. Well, now it's three. He was the f- of four remaining players that have also played in the 1990s. Roberto Luongo, who just retired, was one of them. And then the three other active ones are Patrick Marlowe, Joe Thornton, and Zdeno Chara. And actually, Zdeno Chara is the oldest active player at 42 years old in the NHL right now. Did you see the picture he posted on Instagram? Yes, it was <laughs> It was great. I'll, I'll, um, I'll link to it. It's really funny. He's... Um... He basically, or he probably didn't do it, but somebody photoshopped him into a, like, really old school Boston Bruins uniform. Um, it's really funny. It's like a black and white photo. It's great. He's got a great sense of humor. His Instagram is fantastic. Highly recommend following if you don't. But Matt Cullen played from 1997, which was the year I was born, uh, to this to this past season. He spent six years with the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, four years with the Carolina Hurricanes, four years with the Minnesota Wild, three years with the Pittsburgh Penguins, two years with the Florida Panthers, two years with the Nashville Predators, and then one year each with the New York Rangers and the Ottawa Senators. He has played 1,516 games, has 266 goals, 465 assists, and 731 points. He is a three-time Stanley Cup champion in 2006 with the Carolina Hurricanes and then 2016 and 17 with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he, uh, he is the third active, well, he was now that he's retired, the third active player in games played. Patrick Marlowe leads that list with 1,657 games. And then Joe Thornton is second with 1,566 games. And he also was the second active player with 21 shorthanded goals, which is five behind Brad Marchand, who leads that list at 20, uh, 26. So often known as the dad of the NHL or the dad of, of all of the teams that he played on, he is finally calling it quits. I'm not sure how he made it this long. Uh, he's I, really old, so but he's fun to, he was fun to watch. For some reason, I didn't know that he was a part of that Hurricanes team that won the Stanley Cup. I don't know how I don't know this. I... I think I need to read up on my Hurricanes lore because I don't think I know. I, I feel like there are probably a lot of surprises buried in their history that I just don't know about. Right. Um, but I was shocked when the Hurricanes posted about him. I'm like, wait, what? I didn't <laughs> even know he played for the Hurricanes. I knew he had kind of been around. I mean, I associate him with the Penguins and the Predators. Um, but I was like... I was so surprised and right. it was it was one of those things I think I sent the post to you and my sister and I was like today I learned because <laughs> I just didn't know <laughs> yeah um but yeah no what what a career I mean 21 years that's insane can you imagine playing a sport for that long like that's as long maybe, as I have been alive maybe that just sounds bad to me because <laughs> I don't do sports but like oh man like can you imagine how tired like I just oh man he's can you imagine? He's 42. Because... He's 42. See, that's not even that old. Like, in terms of, like, normal people. Right. Also, my voice just went up, like, eight octaves. <laughs> yeah, I was going to um, say, wow. Um, Like, that's not even that old in terms of, like, normal people. But, like, I guess, like, like a, you know, for a hockey player, that's pretty... <laughs> hockey years, like, he's a dog. Like, dog years. <laughs> um, exactly. So funny. Um, But, yeah, it's... I mean hats off to him that's a great career and um 
wish him all the best in retirement. Hopefully he gets a freaking break. He rests. <laughs> because, jeez. He's got a big family, too, though, so who knows? Yeah, so he'll be maybe, running around with the kids. Yeah, maybe he'll get some, some quality family time and just chill out and veg out and just be a dad. But, right. like, not a hockey dad. Just a regular dad. Just a regular dad. Um, something that I, I missed until I read this, and I think a lot of other people missed as well, and some people were kind of confused about, but... Uh, at the fifth annual Sports Humanitarian Awards presented by ESPN, the NHL was honored with the League Humanitarian Leadership Award and will receive $100,000 in grants to go towards charity. So this is given out to the league who uses the power of sports. This is what the website says. Uh, uses the power of sports to make a difference in their communities and throughout the world and to also break barriers in their sports. So uh, while I was, I was just kind of surprised, like I was just kind of like, oh, but I mean, it... No, I'm I'm trying to think about like what other leagues do. Like the, like MLB is very say, very into like the stand up to cancer and very yeah. into like, can't, like the there's there, all the leagues really do a good job of of getting involved. But I don't know. I I don't know. I just kind of didn't expect it. Also, I didn't know that the sport humanitarian awards were on. I knew the ESPYS were on, but I didn't know about this. So that's kind of why yeah. I, I didn't was and I didn't either until I read over the doc that you shared. And I think um, I mean I think like. I feel like I'm trying to think like as far as like, I don't know, you read like that little blurb of like power of sports to make a difference in their communities and throughout the world and break barriers. I mean, you think about everything that NHL has done in the past like two or three years, especially. I mean, I'm not ready to say that they've done all of that, but they've done a significant amount. Yeah, I mean, like the global series even by itself is amazing. And I think it's hockey in China. Yeah, I, I think some people are like, eh, not that cool. But I look, if I could go see like a hockey game in Prague or or in China or, you know, somewhere else that hockey just isn't usually played or at least not played to the extent that it is in the NHL. Like, I mean, it's it's just cool because you're bringing a sport that I think is universal. I mean, anywhere you just need ice. And right. even then, if you don't have ice, you can use a ball and a stick and the ground. Right. And it's just the thing, I feel like the thing sometimes is chat that that kind of throws people off or guides them away from it is how expensive it is just acquiring equipment. And like, like you said, like finding places to play and. But most NHL teams, I do feel like have like programs, especially for kids. They don't necessarily, not every team or every city has um, these kind of things for adults. But I do know that I know the Hurricanes do it, and I've seen other teams. I think the Sharks were another team I've seen on Instagram do it. But um, And I know there are more than just those two teams. They're just the first ones that come to mind. Um, but teams that either provide equipment for, like, less than $100 or it's free. Like play it against thing, sports. Or, play it against yeah, sports, yeah. Where, where these kids get to play hockey for the first time for – and it's not costing to their parents. Obviously, if they want to continue hockey, it might be, but – um, and hockey is notoriously like a semi-expensive sport, but I just feel like that's such, I don't know, it's such a big deal. And I know that like the NBA and, um, and the NFL and the MLB, like all of those, I think the NFL, as far as like around the world is probably the least, I don't think, I don't want to say it's the least like known, but I think people in like Europe and Asia are more inclined to be baseball fans or basketball fans just because of, I don't know. I just feel like football, like you think of American football and it's not, I think 
it's just not like global. You know what I mean? But right. like, because you think football outside of the U S and it, you think of soccer, like right. that's just, it, it's, I still don't really understand why American football is called football because there's not a whole lot of feet touching footballs, unless but you're kicking whatever, it, punting it, yeah. unless you're, yeah, that's really the only time. Um, but whatever, that's beside the point. I just, I feel like the NHL too does a lot, you know, within communities, like I was saying, like with the helping kids out and everything. And I think the breaking barriers is probably where they're lacking a little bit compared to maybe some other, um, some other sports, but I think there's room for improvement and I think they're making the right steps in the right direction. So I think it's really cool that they won this award. And I think, um, I think the NHL should be the, the league as a whole, you know, meaning the entire league as well as like the organizations and the people within the league should be, should be pretty proud of this one. I think you can only go up from here. Right. Right. And so the last piece of news here, before we go over to the power play, Jack Hughes noted first overall pick that holds the key to my heart signs his entry-level contract with the New Jersey Devils happened today, July 12th, 2019, big day. Uh, three years, $925,000 average annual value. So in, 20, in the 2018-19 season with the U.S. National Team Development Program, he played in 50 games. He had 34 goals and 17 assists, which is 112 points, which led the team. And his 228 points uh, worth 74 goals and 154 assists in the two seasons that he was there is a program record. Uh, at U18 Worlds this year, he played in seven games and had nine goals and 11 assists for 20 points. He was just one point shy of Kucherov's record in 2011 of 21 points. And in the, at the 2019 Men's Worlds, he played in nine games, or sorry, seven games. He had no goals and three assists, just three points. But uh, it's pretty exciting. The Devils just had their development camp, so we got to see some clips of him playing in a Devils uniform for the first time. So um, that'll be really exciting. Yes, Megan, you're raising your hand. I would also like to point out that Capocaco signed basically an identical deal mm -hmm. for the Rangers. I yes. just wanted to point that out because I didn't see it on the dock, and his name is just really fun for me. Yeah, they actually talked about, uh, they actually asked Jack about, like, signing his contract after Hughes, after Kako's. He's like, oh, I had no idea Kako even signed his contract. So uh, it'll be I really fun, though. That. Like, just leave the two alone. Just let them, be. don't, look, I'm I'm all here for rivalries in general and everything, but, like, not everybody has to be turned into Ovechkin and, S and Sidney Crosby. Like, mm -hmm. those two notoriously don't like each other, which is fine. But, like, just, like, they're kids. Just let them just let them play their game right. with their team. It's fine if they develop a rivalry or the, if they decide to hate each other. But, like, don't write it, you know? Like, right, let it happen. It's like the whole, um, was it Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel that people were trying? Yeah, right? They always right. do it with the one and two, Matthews yeah, and Line like, just let it go. Like, it doesn't need to be that way. You don't, yeah. you don't need to be mean. I, I get it. I really do. I get that rivalry in sports is, like, the best part about it. But, like, mm -hmm. I prefer when it's a natural rivalry and not something that the media makes up for clicks. Right. That sounds really mean. But, like, just like just let them be. They're kids. They're literally 18 years old. Let them make up their minds. Right. <laughs> if they want to hate each other, cool, great. Love that. Let them do it. 
but not everybody has to be Ovechkin and Crosby. Well, speaking of Ovechkin, too, just one other note here before we go. Um, the ESPYs did happen, and Alexander Ovechkin was named the NHL's best player. And I tweeted, and I got I got a response from a troll. So I was like, wow, this is great. Um, I said, ESPN voting Alex Ovechkin the greatest player from the 2018-19 season shows how little ESPN cares about hockey because yeah, he's a great player really and he scored the most goals last season, but... He, it should have been Nikita Kucherov. He certainly was not the greatest player. He was like he he. Some guy was like he 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 scored the most goals and he's a face of hockey. And I go so is Nikita Kucherov and he had significantly yeah. more points and played significantly better. But um, also the the award for the best comeback team was the St. Louis Blues. So just wanted to throw that out there that Great. those two things were won by really the NHL glad. this really, weekend. Really glad for them. Really 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 glad. For them. Do you want to do your power play first? Sure. All right. Sure. Let's pull this up here. All right. Go ahead. So I think Shay and I are kind of doing power plays in a similar vein, but not the same vein um, this week. But I wanted to kind of touch on um, being fan of things. I think, and this goes outside of hockey, but um, obviously hockey is my biggest, I don't really want to call it a hobby because I don't play it, but watching hockey and enjoying hockey is a hobby of mine. And, um, I'm obviously a pretty big fan of it, but I'm also a fan of other things. Um, Shay just found out that I'm a huge, I don't know why I'm admitting this on the podcast, but I'm a big K-pop fan, Korean pop music, if you're not familiar. Um, but I'm also a huge Disney fan. Um, and I, I, I like other things that I just can't think of right now. Marvel. Um, Marvel fan, yes, thank you. Um, that was the other one that was screaming at me, and I couldn't quite get there. Um, and I think it's totally cool to be a fan of things. I know a lot of people think it's really dorky when you really like things or if you're really passionate about something. But I, being somebody who's a naturally very passionate person, um, it's hard for me to just casually like things. Usually if I like something, I love it. And I think a lot of people see that as kind of dorky or weird and... Um, I just feel like it shouldn't be that way. I think if people want to like something or if they want to love something, you know, as long as it's not crossing like the creepy border, um, obviously, I mean, nobody's not harming anybody by liking hockey or K-pop or Disney or Marvel or any of those things. Um, I may be harming my wallet a little bit most days, but you know, it, I just think that it's nice to be a fan of things cause I don't know, it gives you a community or like a place where you can, make other friends. I mean, I wouldn't even know Shay if I didn't like hockey and if I wasn't as crazy about it as I am. And I've made other friends through things. I mean, I played Quidditch in college and made friends through that. So I just feel like if you're a fan of something, just be a fan. You don't have to be like, Ooh, guilty pleasure. Like, no, just be a fan of it. No shame. No shame. No shame. Just live your fan boy or girl dreams. That was really good. I like that a lot too. I sorry I interrupted that to say Marvel. You were gonna move on, no, no, no. and I was, I was like, no, she needs to, to mention. <laughs> no, I was trying to get there, and I knew I was missing something, and I was like, what am I missing? I was like, it's not Harry Potter. I mean, I like Harry Potter, but that's not what it was. And I was like, it's not Harry Potter. I already said Disney, right? So I'm like, oh, but yeah, I just feel like if you're a fan of something, just you know, embrace it. Don't don't, be ashamed don't of try it. and hide yeah. it under under your bed or anything. I speaking from experience, I'm staring at my bookcase that has all kinds of knickknacks and weird books and everything on it. And 
a history fan. I'm a history fan as well. I don't know that that really is a fandom necessarily, but, um, but yeah, it just, just be a fan and be, just be. Unapologetically. Yes. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Mine's, Thank you. Mine's kind of similar, but a little but bit. They, but, it's, it, but it's different. It's different. Yeah. 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 When, uh, ready whenever you are. I'm ready. Okay, go. Okay, so kind of going off of that, uh, this summer I have missed hockey a considerable amount, and usually the the time it takes me to adjust from the end of hockey season, especially if the Blackhawks aren't playing deep into the Stanley Cup playoffs to MLB season, is fairly, fairly a short amount of time, uh, probably a week for me to really get used to the, the pace of the game and, and get caught up on kind of what happened within the first couple weeks, um, and this year, I think just just now, which the All-Star break just happened this year and today officially started the second half for the Cubs, I've really gotten into it and I've really started following the storylines and, I, and I, I get notifications and I follow stuff on Twitter that's mainly baseball. So I've been, I've been into it, but I haven't been as passionate about it as I have in the past. Not to say I'm not passionate about baseball anymore, but I'm just kind of more on the hockey mind. But I've also expanded my sport watching, I guess you could say, to uh, I've been watching a bit of the Wimbledon uh, games right now uh, for tennis. And then I've also been watching soccer. So it started, I was, I watched the Women's World Cup. Um, My cousin from California was here and she played soccer, I think, for almost 15 years. So she actually, when she was younger, she played on uh, a national team that went to Paris and played like a mini world cup when she was, I don't, I want to say she was like 11 or 12 years old. So she's really passionate about it. She played through college. She's really passionate about it. Um, so I've been starting to watch, but when your sports in the off season, even when your sport is in season, sometimes it's good to take a break, but, um, just, just like, uh, just like something I found is that it's really cool to expand your sport fandom. I, I, I wouldn't say you don't, you have to be like a diehard fan, but casually watching other sports. My dad's a big cyclist. He cycles at least every day or every other day, uh, road bike, mountain bike, fat tire bike, all that stuff. And the Tour de France is like Christmas for him. So the next couple weeks are, uh, pretty intense with watching cycling, but I've gotten into that as well. And, and known the, the main cyclists that, are set to win each stage every day. So just expand your horizons, maybe try out a new sport, try watching something else, uh, go to a minor league baseball game. Those are really fun. We got a couple around here in Chicago that um, are really fun to watch. So just expand your sport fandom. Don't be kind of put into one box just because you feel really, and also tailing off this, I'm not going longer, but don't feel ashamed if you're not as into a sport as you used to be. Like I, I kind of beat myself up for, for missing some part of the Cubs season at the beginning of this year, but there were other things that took priority and hockey has really been a passion of mine and it's been growing and not to say that baseball is growing out of my life. It's not, if anything, it's getting stronger, but it's okay to take a break and not follow everything so closely minute by minute, day by day, and just kind of do other things or watch other sports or support other things. So that's my tip to you. Expand your horizons this summer. And I completely agree. Like, I think I'm not, I'm, I also like baseball. I don't really like follow any other sports other than hockey and baseball. And even then baseball, I can't really follow to the full extent because I work a normal like nine to five job, but, um, and a lot of the games are during the day, but, um, no, I fully agree. I think, I think in the off season, especially it's kind of hard to, um, I don't know. It, it's hard because it's, it's hard to find things to do. <laughs> yeah, because hockey, well, that's my thing is, like, as soon as the playoffs were done, I was like, well, now what? Like, what am I going to do? 
Um, especially now that free, especially now that free agency has passed. I mean, it's still open, but the big day of it is gone. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to find other things unless you want to just be completely bored all summer. Um, but the off season is usually when I do like get into other things. Like I've seen a handful of, um, movies this summer that I probably wouldn't have otherwise seen if it was the hockey season. I usually during the hockey season, just wait for movies to come out on DVD or Redbox or Netflix or whatever. Um, but summertime is when I do all of my movie watching and, um, it's usually how I get into new movie fandoms and new fandoms in general. Um, or, you know, take a vacation and go, like, do something that you haven't done before. Right. Go somewhere you haven't gone before. I think, I don't know, I think the off-season is, it, it can suck, but it can also be a really good thing. I think everybody needs a break from the thing they love, because if you don't take a break, you're going to stop loving it. Right. And I, I've always been a believer of that. I think if you beat something to death, it's always going to fall out of your life. It might come back, but mm-hmm. um, I think if you're if you're like just in on something all the time, it, you I don't know. I that maybe that's just me. I've always been into a, like a handful of things at a time, and I kind of change out what I'm interested in from time to time. But um, yeah, just switch it up. Try but, something else. Like Wimbledon's awesome. Like you said, I um, I wish I could have watched it today. I'm gonna have to go find like a like a recap of it or something mm-hmm. um and the women's soccer was so cool um the parade was also awesome um megan rapino was my president that's all i gotta say she's she's the best she also shares my name really you know i'm gonna really take credit for that one exactly um yeah so i i don't know i just like expand your horizons a little bit i think it it never hurts anybody to just well that's what baseball was for enjoy me life like this yeah. year like I, I took a little bit of a break from it from the first half because I was so involved in hockey and I was so following right. it so closely and I just took a break and I didn't follow baseball as closely like I I'll, I use the app, app app a lot and I use ESPN app a lot too to follow all the games and everything that's happening and I follow so on Twitter all of my I make lists so I have a list for NHL and I have a list for baseball and all of the baseball related people teams everything that I follow is on that list so my I can have a specific timeline for just baseball things so I I followed a lot on there but it was good to take a break and I think I've like I've been watching I watched last week right before the all-star break watched all-star stuff and then watched today and I think I've the break did me really good because now I'm super invested in it in the second half. Exactly. And I think it, it did me a really good break to just take a break from sports in general, just because I, you know, I was so, so into hockey and everything like that. So I just, I thought it was very important to, to do that and just not be stuck in one box and, you know, no, it's, I mean, it's fantastic. And like I said, I kind of do this every summer where it's like, or at least I have the past couple of summers after hockey's been over just cause I can't like, I love hockey. Hockey is my favorite thing. I mean, if if I had to get rid of every other fandom I'm a part of, I would do it for hockey. Um, unfortunately, as mad as the sport makes me 95% of the time, um, you know, it's it's always going to be that thing that I come back to. And it, But it's, I don't think I would be as willing to come back to it if it was on all the time or if right. it was happening all the time. Um you know, obviously there are ways to keep up with it, like following the teams during the summer and watching, you know, development camps and um, training camp and everything and going to the convention obviously is a huge way to keep connected to it. But I don't know. I just 
I like that we both talked about fandoms this week because I really do think being a part of a fandom is like being a part of a community and I don't think a lot of people see it that way um, but I think being a fan of something is just incredibly important so if you're a fan of something just just do enjoy, it like Nike says enjoy it but also expand your horizons a little bit because you never know what other kind of things you could or people that you could stumble into right so so yeah so that does it for this week's podcast thank you so much again for listening um this one was a fun one and especially as it gets closer to the convention there's going to be a lot going on so we're going to be doing a lot of stuff around there i know i say that every week but we will um we're starting to get it planned out here so that's really fun but thank you again for coming back everything we talked about will be linked below um and on the on the podcast twitter instagram all of that fun stuff hopefully nothing uh Hopefully nothing drops between now and Monday, like a huge bomb. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. We'll test our luck. But uh, we will see you guys again next week. And until then, have a great, I don't know, have a great life. Have a great summer. Yes. Make every day the best one, I guess. I don't know. That sounds really deep. But all right. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) Bye, guys.